Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Okay, everyone, we're back in uh, Revelation. It's a new week, a new day. Uh, Monday, we are now um, looking at Revelation chapter 18. And as I I look ahead, I think there's there's, um, 22 books of Revelation. There's 22, I mean, 22 chapters in Revelation. So we're getting close to the end of the whole Bible which is just an which is great an amazing study and then once we finish the book of revelation then i believe we are going to um start over i believe we're going to start in in genesis i think um as we loop back through um Mitali and i are just really enjoying our study so we are in a chapter 18 right now and this is marking a major um, milestone here in this book of Revelation, we are seeing the fall of Babylon. Now, back in chapter 14, verse 8, we alluded to it. The angel was announcing that judgment um, was on Babylon. It was going to fall. This is, um, we see another angel announcing this reaffirmation of the verdict. And then in one day, this new Babylon falls. Now, uh, we have identified um this mystery Babylon, they, they, uh, the um, Babylon was referred to as a mystery, and the mystery Babylon, um, which uh, McGee says is, uh, it could be a political Babylon. Um, this political Babylon uh, could be the city of Rome. Um, and um, that, McGee was teaching that, that Daniel, that um, that Babylon was um, described possibly in Daniel's vision back in Daniel seven, um, verse seven. Um, he was describing four beasts, four kingdoms. Babylon was a lion, um, Media Persia a bear, um, then uh, a leopard, uh, Greece. And then this uh, city of Rome, this undescribed beast, um, could have been later. Uh, now, um, so could Rome, uh, then, then after Rome comes this, uh, a different, uh, kind of a beast, and this, this different kind of, uh, beast, 
um, had all these horns and ten toes and iron teeth and was very strong, um, could that be sort of another beast that had sort of um, um, the Roman Empire was great and then it fell again and then it sort of came back and this other beast was sort of it it used to be and then it wasn't and then it was again sort of a um, um, a reference to possibly Rome um, this political Babylon now there's a couple of Babylons being being discussed here as McGee says there's a political Babylon which is described as a mystery Babylon Babylon the Great name of mystery that is referenced back in chapter 17 verses 5 the mystery babylon and could that be rome um the sort of a political babylon and of course rome was the center of of the politics and authority and now we're talking about another babylon or another reference to babylon being more of a commercial babylon um a center of great commerce, but also a lot of sin. And so um, McGee is saying that um, could the, um, you've got your mystery Babylon being being come about, and that's where maybe the, the, the um, Antichrist, the political leader, uh, would have been there. Um, we've got we've got two personifications of the Antichrist. We've got a political um, leader as well as a religious leader, and we've got kind of two references to two kinds of Babylons. We've got this uh, mystery Babylon, um, and we've got a, a commercial Babylon. Now, are all these manifestations of one city, or are they several different cities, or are they several different cities in different periods of time? Um, I don't know. Um, these are some things that McGee was looking at, um, and uh, I think it's really interesting, though, that we are um, just seeing some of the references here of uh, Daniel's vision specifically. So without going deeper in that, um, let's just jump right in um, at uh, chapter 18, verses 1, and we're going to go down through verse 8. The important thing, I think, to look at this is this is final judgment. This is final judgment of We've got the Antichrist, which is the little horn of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 8, of this beast personified as a man, um, a false ruler, is personified as a false church, a false kingdom, with a false spirit. And so we've got a false uh, political leader, we've got a false religious leader, we've got a false kingdom, a false spirit, and a lot of sin. And uh, now... The angels now, the, the another angel, verse 1, after this, after this. So and after all of these other things, when, uh, as we've seen, um, the, the plagues are over with. Now the seventh bowl has been poured out, and uh, it's been poured out. The wrath, the final drops of wrath, of God's wrath, are being poured out on Babylon. The center of all this sin. So um, we have gotten the final bowl of God's wrath. Then, <clears throat> as we're seeing, after this, okay, after this um, 
seventh bowl here of God's plagues on the earth, another angel, and this is when it said, after this I saw, this is John talking again, another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. Okay, so we see another angel coming out of heaven. This angel probably has even more authority. And, um, and he called out with a mighty voice. <clears throat> fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. So in other words, he's reaffirming the verdict of God's judgment that they, the, the angel was um, uh, calling out in chapter 14, verse 8. So she has become a dwelling place for demons, <clears throat> a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast every unclean spirit we've got the spirit of the antichrist unclean spirit you know john said back i believe it was first john you know what is the spirit of the antichrist anybody who <clears throat> denies denies that jesus christ is lord that's a that's a spirit of the antichrist so and john told us that even today we have the spirit of antichrist in the world today so we have to be on our toes because the spirit of the Antichrist is here. And um, so a haunt for every unclean spirit, that's, a, you know, spirits. You have to test the spirits because anything is unclean that denies Jesus. A haunt for every unclean bird. Now, a bird might be used to perform sacrifices. I don't, I don't know if these are just a references to birds themselves, but, you know, I think birds and doves, at least in the Old Testament, were used to give sacrifices uh, to God, and uh, they were supposed to be clean. They were supposed to be without blemish, and uh, <clears throat> that would represent, you know, the clean sacrifice. And um, perhaps that's an analogy to the kinds of sacrifices or the kinds of deeds that these folks would be putting up to their altars would be nothing of except uncleanliness as opposed to what God was asking people back in the Old Testament to, to keep your deeds clean. Uh, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. So, again, just references to perhaps Old Testament um, Old Testament concepts about... Um, things that you might sacrifice and the animals or things that you might eat, um, being unclean um, <clears throat> as compared to the cleanliness of being sanctified that God has uh, um, instructed his people. Verse 3, for all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So, the commercialism, the merchants of the earth, the travelers of the earth have grown rich from this kind of luxurious living. And so Babylon has been a, a center of promoting uh, unclean spirits, uh, spirits that are of the Antichrist. Um, and th this Babylon seems to promote um, commercialism of wealth and commercialism of uh, just 
richness and power and uh, along with that with sexual immoralities. And so, again, God has poured out his final cup of wrath, his final bowl on this, this commercial Babylon. And uh, again, whether this is a city in Babylon or if this is a different kind of a city, um, I'm just not sure. But it, you know, I think it personifies um, things today that we know are not of God. And so whether this is the economic system of the world or, or, or a reference to that even, I'm just not sure. But, but we, we can learn the lessons of the judgment of God on this kind of living um, nevertheless. Verse 4, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins. In other words, God is calling out the people to repent, to leave this either a physical city or leave this city uh, in its practices of of immorality, um, lest you take part in her sins. Um, I would say luxurious living and the uh, glorification of wealth and passions and all type of immoralities based on this wealth is uh, very, very um, tempting. And so the angel is calling out the people, lest you share in her plagues. Now, this angel is, is it's sort of a warning. Uh, we could look at this as a warning for repentance. It's a warning to leave the city because the city is getting ready to be destroyed. Just like they were calling out anyone who would believe in the Lord before the you know the city of Sodom was destroyed. So we see this angel uh, again, even even at the point of the destruction of the city, God is still um, trying to get anyone who would be saved to give them the opportunity to be saved. Verse 5, for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God remembered her iniquities. In other words, God has remembered even the sins of Old Testament Babylon, and he's getting ready to pay her back for her sin. Verse 6, pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. Okay, judgment. Here we are. Babylon, the great center of sin here, is getting ready to be paid back double for all the sin that she has caused. Verse 7. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow. And mourning I shall never see. Does Babylon represent this Antichrist spirit that's in the world, you know, even today that may be really personified as this city grows to sort of be rebuilt? Is this sort of a worldwide city of Babylon, a city of sin uh, being rebuilt everywhere? Or is this a, a, a physical city? In any event, the lessons of God say this this spirit this lifestyle this um glorification of of uh, commercialism that uh, glorifies the riches but uh without god uh is going to be paid back 
because it is so tempting. It draws so many people in, um, you know, just the worship of money, the worship of wealth, the worship of power, that, that wealth brings power, that wealth brings authority, that wealth brings pride into all this. It causes so many people. I mean, just think about so many people that are trying to follow God's teachings and it just looks like the wealthy just haven't made. The wealthy just never suffer. And uh, how many people go to church and then on the way home from church are just looking around of what they don't have. And it gnaws at people's hearts. It makes following God's way very difficult for so many people. So many people lose their way because of worldly wealth. And uh, what a judgment on worldly wealth here. God says your faith is worth far more than gold, you know? And if you you try to find your life, quote-unquote, in that wealth, you're going to lose it. And if you lose that life, that life of wealth or, or quote, security, you're going to find your life. Verse 8, For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death, mourning, and famine. And she will be burnt up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. So we're going to stop here. And, and uh, it's a good place to stop for us to reflect on how much do we glorify worldly wealth. God says you're going to lose your life if you glorify worldly wealth. So we'll stop here, turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. So from me to all of you, God bless you and keep your hearts centered on Christ. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Revelation chapter 18, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 8. So in this chapter... We see the judgment of commercial Babylon and the reaction of both earth and heaven to it. In this chapter, we have political and commercial Babylon judged. And that's from verses 1 to verse 8. And we have the announcement of the fall of commercial and political Babylon from verses 9 to verse 19. So we have the anguish of the world because of the judgment of Babylon. And um, verses 20 to 24, we have the anticipation of joy in heaven because of the judgment of Babylon. So in chapters 17 and 18, two Babylons are brought before us. So the Babylon of chapter 17 is ecclesiastical. The Babylon of chapter 18 is economical. So the first is religious, the apostate church that um, entered the Great Tribulation period, and then the second is political and commercial. So the commercial center is loved by the kings of the earth, and the apostate church is hated by the kings of the earth, as we saw in chapter 17. So the apostate church is destroyed by the kings of the earth, and political Babylon is destroyed by the judgment of God, that is, when Christ comes to establish his kingdom on earth. So mystery Babylon is destroyed first, you know, in order to fulfill prophecy. So it's destroyed first in the midst of the Great Tribulation period. And this is the apostate church, the mystery Babylon. While commercial Babylon is destroyed at Christ's second coming. So these two Babylons are not one and the same city. 
Dr. J.B. McGee believes that Mystery Babylon is Rome, and when it goes down in the midst of the Great Tribulation period, the religious center becomes Jerusalem because it's at that place where the false prophet um <clears throat> where the false prophet puts up the image of the Antichrist to be worshipped. Commercial Babylon and um ancient Babylon is rebuilt as the commercial capital of the world and this city will be the final capital of the political power of the beast. So Isaiah 13 verse 19 and 22 speaks of the fact that ancient Babylon will be rebuilt. And um let me just turn to Isaiah. <clears throat> so that's Isaiah 13 verse 19 it reads and Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And verse 22 of Isaiah 13 reads, The hyenas will howl in their um, citadels, the jackals in their pleasant place palaces. Her time is near to come, and her day will, be, so will not be prolonged. So this actually speaks that, you know, the ancient city of Babylon is going to be rebuilt and destroyed. And this destruction is what is mentioned in chapter 18. So here we have two views of destruction of Babylon, which are, you know, diagrammically um, opposed to each other. So the viewpoints are what's important, the reaction of men of business and politics is that of great anguish you know after this is destroyed because it's commercial and political babylon you know they're investing all their money they're, they're buying all the blue chip um trades so um to them it's the depth of tragedy to the businessmen so a total bankruptcy of business but the second reaction is that of heaven which is one of joy that the holiness and justice of God is vindicated. So it's the end of man's sinful career on earth, which will bring us to the end of the Great Tribulation period. So we have from verses 1 to verse 8, the announcement of the fall of commercial and political Babylon. Okay, so verse 1 of our study today reads, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority and the earth was illuminated with his glory so we have the statement again after these things so this has been you know as we can see this has been progress made through the period of the sevens the seven series given to us so we had the seven seals the seven trumpets the seven personages the seven balls of wrath and it brings us to the end of the great tribulation period so John, as we can see, is still the spectator. So John saw an angel. So this takes us back to chapter 14, where a series of six angels are mentioned with... <clears throat> um, yeah, the six angels are actually mentioned, and it's of another angel. And he here we have another angel that's actually mentioned, and... <clears throat> sorry. And it's of... Uh, you know, he's 
a divine supernatural messenger of God who is faceless and nameless here. But this angel is with great authority, which indicates that he was of superior, you know, of a superior rank to the other angels, and he's not he's actually brought an important message. So the earth was illuminated with his glory. And this signifies the you know prestige of the angel. So we have the same thing um in Ezekiel 43 verse 2 which states that's Ezekiel 43 verse 2 it reads and behold the glory of the of the God of Israel came from the way of the east his voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory so this shows the privilege the prestige of um, this angel verse 2 um goes on to read and he cried mightily with a loud voice saying babylon the great is fallen is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons a prison of every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird so in chapter 14 of revelation verse 14 verse 8 we had the preliminary announcement of the fall of babylon so the angel here is greater in authority than the one who actually made the first announcement um and here you know it's like announced beforehand that you know babylon is gonna fall so if god says something is going to happen one can say it actually has already happened because it's sure to happen it's gonna happen so god's plan and program is as if all had already taken place because he knows the end from the beginning. So Babylon, the commercial center of the world, will be destroyed as it indicates that this is where the demons, spirits, and unclean and hated birds will dwell and all things unclean in the physical world will be incarcerated during the millennium. And you know, Isaiah and Jeremiah actually confirms this. And if you turn to Isaiah 13, verse 19 to 22, it reads, um, verse 19, but you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch like the garment of those who are slain thrust through with a sword who go down to the stones of a pit like a corpse trodden underfoot you will not be joined with them in burial because you are destroyed you have destroyed your land and slain your people the brood of evildoers shall never be be named prepare slaughter for his children because of the iniquity of their fathers lest they rise up and um, possess the land and fill the face of the world with cities for i will rise up against them says the lord of hosts and cut off from babylon the name of the remnant and the offspring of posterity says the lord and jeremiah 50 um, 38 uh, to 40 
her waters and they will be dried up for it is the land of carved images and they are insane with their idols therefore the wild desert beasts shall dwell there with the jackals and the ostriches shall dwell in it it shall be inhabited no more forever nor shall it nor shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbors, says the Lord. So no one shall reside there, nor son of man dwell in it. So here, you know, we see um, God's judgment, you know, um, the incarceration during the millennial. Um, this talks about, um, you know, Babylon is going to be judged. So, scripture goes on to read at verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of her wrath and her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have been, have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So this is God, um, yes, this is God's judgment on big business which denies god's authority so this is the unholy alliance of government and business for um and you know we have seen it in our day today merchants so here it talks about merchants and merchants are those people who travel not like the people who supply and those those people who travel and engage in big business for profit so men today use business as an excuse for having no time for God, and God will judge godless commercialism. That judgment is coming. Verse 4 goes on to read, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. So this reveals that God's people are going to be in the world to the very end. So this is in the church. They have already been removed bef uh, before the Great Tribulation. But God has witnesses. You know, there's the seal, 144,000, and the great company of Gentiles. So God has witnesses during this period, and they are sealed, and they will all make it through. It's like, you know, the parable of the lost sheep. You know, you have um, the shepherd who's tending to 100 sheep and one gets lost and the shepherd does not leave that one behind so all are going to make it through the great tribulation period and um if we go look at uh, the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy 4 verse 30 to 31 these people were warned way way before so let me just turn to the book of deuteronomy that's deuteronomy Chapter 4, 
Stress and all, yeah. Sorry, it's for 30 31 30 reads when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days when you turn to the Lord your God and obey His voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God, He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which He swore to them. So, these people are warned way before and Isaiah 48 um, verse 20 reads um, <clears throat> so Isaiah 48 20 Go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare, proclaim this, utter it to the end of the earth, say, Lord has redeemed the servant of Jacob. Okay, so the warning is here, as we have seen, it's twofold in the scripture. So, um, so these people, sorry, yeah, um, these people are warned way before, and the warning is twofold. So they have no fellowship, they are to have no fellowship with the sins of Babylon, and they are to flee before judgment falls. So this should be a warning to us today. So God will, God, um, will. You know, he will chasten his own. He will not spank the devil's kids. So he wants us to be separate, not indulge, not indulging in the old nature. That's what this means. Like, he wants us to be separate from these people and not, you know, indulge in sin. But um, he wants us to walk in the spirit. So if we do not judge ourselves now, you know, judgment is coming. You know, that great white throne judgment is coming. <clears throat> So we should deal with our sins now by confessing and forsaking our sins because he will deal with it. You know, if judgment doesn't find us now, um, it's sure going to find us in the judgment seat of God. So God gives us the opportunity to judge our sins. And if we turn to 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one, 31, it reads... Um, <clears throat> For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And First John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." 
So here it says we are to confess our sins. And it says what God says about our sins we have to agree with and not, you know, make an excuse. Not point out other people's sins and, you know, leave out our own. So it says the same, um, you know, say the same thing as God. So no one is actually going to get by with sin. Sin is sin. It's going to be judged. Okay. Verse 5 goes on to read, For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. So Babylon has, you know, a long history of accumulated sins. One of the, it's one of the oldest city and one of the most mentioned city in scripture, um, aside from Jerusalem. So it's one of the oldest city, cities in history of mankind. And judgment will break like a flood on, um, you know, the systems and the civilization. So God's judgment may be delayed, but it is sure. Verse 6 goes on to read, Render to her just as she rendered according to her works in the cup which she has mixed mix double for her so this is poetic justice the cup of iniquity is being filled um to the brim so when the last drop is poured in it it's pressed to the lips of those who commit iniquity and this is just as god is righteous and just in him in all that he does verse 7 goes on to read in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously in the same measure give her torment and sorrow for she for she says in her heart i sit as queen and i am no widow and will not see sorrow so the you know prosperity of babylon blinded her to judgment to god's judgment you know luxury pride arrogance sin they will characterize the spirit of the god of this godless city so all these people were living in luxury and in you know there was so much injustice and they were very prideful and very arrogant and ignorant verse 8 goes on to read therefore her plagues will come in one day death and mourning and famine and she will be utterly burnt with fire for strong is the Lord who judges. So, you know, the suddenness of destruction will be by fire, as we have seen here, as we have said. So death, mourning, and famine are the three horsemen that will ride over Babylon. The destruction is total and final. So God destroys the city because only he can do so because he's just and he's righteous. So he does so and the return um he does so you know when they're doing the return of christ so in his second coming christ is seen coming from edom with blood sprinkled garments so he comes to babylon and has executed judgment on that wicked city which we um have recorded in scripture that's in isaiah 63 okay so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.